0: For the last couple of weeks we've been hearing about the body of Christ. We heard about how there are many parts of the body of Christ and that each part has its own gift. Paul was writing this to the church in Corinth, which was increasingly divided over the gifts that each of them had and divided over whose they were. And some saying, well, I was baptized by this person or that person. And Paul was reminding them that they were all baptized in the name of Jesus and that Jesus gave them all the spiritual gifts which they had. Today, Paul reminds the Corinthians again of their unity. This time, he reminds them to be unified in their belief. Regardless of whether they heard the gospel from Paul or from some other apostle, Paul reminds them again of the importance of their belief in the gospel, regardless of the person who preached to them the gospel. Again, Paul is reminding them that they are one body in Christ. Rather than a body divided Further, the focus of the body of Christ for Paul Was the good news That Jesus died for our sins In Jesus' actions, Paul was firmly convinced Of God's love for us As he wrote in his letter to the Romans That God proves his love for us In that while we were still sinners Christ died for us In this one sentence, we find why the gospel really was such good news. God loves us. We're imperfect. We're sinful. We know this. And God loves us. We can see the love God has for us in the calls of Isaiah and the call of Peter, which we heard this morning. In Isaiah's vision of God, Isaiah saw God in the temple, in all of his glory and majesty, sitting upon his throne. And knowing scripture, like we all do, Isaiah was terrified, knowing that he was about to die. Because no one could see God and live. And yet, as we heard in the story, Isaiah did not die. He said, Woe is me, I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. In other words, not only am I not worthy, Lord, to be your prophet, but now I'm going to die, thanks so much. But God did not let him die. Rather, he said, Okay, if you think you're so unworthy, Isaiah, fine. And God purified Isaiah by, with that burning coal so that he could speak for his people and this, so that Isaiah could be his prophet. We find a similar call narrative in Luke's telling of the call of Peter. Jesus was teaching in Peter's boat and then directed Peter to have his miraculous catch of fish and then what does Peter saying? Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. There are obviously some differences in these two call narratives. The glory of God on his throne and the splendor of the temple versus a boat with a bunch of fish. But in both stories, we see these two people struck by their unworthy sinfulness. Isaiah seeing the glory of God. Peter seeing this mighty prophet perform this miracle. And they're struck by their sinfulness and the fact that they are unworthy to be with God in those moments. And notice the similarities and the reaction of God to both Isaiah and to Peter. In both cases, these sinful men were not condemned. Rather, they were asked to go and do service for God's kingdom. Isaiah was asked to preach God's word, and Peter was asked to fish for people. So whom did God choose to be his voice? Whom did God choose to be his hands and feet here on earth? Perfect human beings? No. God chose sinful human beings, people like you and me, to be his prophet. People like you and me to be his disciple and apostle. Further, God not only chose sinful people, but He then helped them to move beyond their sin into something more. He helped them to move beyond who they were to live in His life of love. In these two call narratives of Isaiah and Peter, we can see, therefore, the great love that God has for us. Not because we're perfect, but because we are. Because we are His. Rob Bell is the founding pastor of Mars Hill Bible Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and in a video teaching series he has called NUMA, he spoke of God's love for us in the following way. We all fall short, and that's the beautiful part. Broken, flawed, vulnerable people like you and me are invited to be the hands and feet of a Jesus who loves us exactly as we are and yet loves us way too much to let us stay that way. That sounds like good news to me. That sounds like good news, the good news that Paul was so excited about, the fact that God really does love us. And so having laid this foundation, this idea that God loves us enough to call us out in the ministry just as we are, I'm going to be talking briefly about Janie's, Pastor Janie's upcoming sabbatical. Talk about its implications for Emmanuel and the ways in which Janie's sabbatical might help us to hear a new God's message of love. As many of you have already heard, Pastor Janie is going to be leaving for about four months. Her last Sunday before her sabbatical will be April 25th. And then she'll return to us on August 17th. Now part of this time is going to be vacation, which as we all know is important Sabbath rest. But the purpose of her sabbatical is partly rest, it's partly study, and it's partly to go, as Jesus often did, to a lonely place and be with God. Most of Janie's sabbatical time will be spent in study and in prayer, so that she can be reinvigorated and re-inspired to lead us here at Emmanuel when she comes back. And so far, I've heard really positive things about her sabbatical. I've heard support, and people glad that she's going to get this opportunity, and that's been a wonderful gift for her to be given this support in her sabbatical. But I'm guessing there might still be some anxiety about Her being gone for May, June, and half of August. It's to be expected. But to that anxiety, I would point us again to God's love for us as expressed in Paul's words to the Corinthians. As I noted in the beginning of this sermon, Paul was writing to a church that was deeply divided, a church with controversy, And part of the reason for this was Paul had left. Paul had started the church in Corinth, and then he had left to start other churches. And he had left the church with leaders still there, but he was a pretty central figure for that church. And so, having left this community to start others, it makes some sense that there would be some difficulties and challenges within the church. And so, Paul was reminding them in his letter today that he was not the glue which held that church together. God's love, given to them through the gospel of Jesus Christ, was the glue which held that church together. The person who preached the gospel to them was not of prime importance. The gospel itself was of prime importance. God proves his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The love of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ is the tie that binds us. The love of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ is the call we can each receive, like Isaiah and like Peter. The love of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ is the assurance that God loves us just as we are. And that God loves us way too much to let us stay that way. Janie's sabbatical is going to be a time when we get to change as well as Janie getting to change. Janie will be changed by the Sabbath rest she's going to receive, by the prayer and the study, and we are going to be changed by our leader's absence. New avenues of ministry will open up, or likely open up, simply by the fact that Pastor Janie's not going to be here to do some of them. Janie's sabbatical may well be a time when some of us are called to new ministry. It's an exciting time for this parish. Our life is going to be different during Janie's sabbatical and different after Janie's sabbatical than it is right now. And yet, the heart of our life together is going to remain. The love of God in the gospel of Jesus Christ remains with us. The love of God in the gospel of Jesus Christ is the glue that holds us together, not any one person. The love God has for this congregation, for every person in this congregation, is expressed to us in Janie's sabbatical and the change that will come to us from the sabbatical. Do not be afraid, Jesus told Peter, from now on, you will be catching Peter, or catching people. Ah, <laughs> going so Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. From that moment on, Peter was changed. Peter and Isaiah were both changed during their calls, but they weren't changed from people whom God didn't care that much about to people whom God liked. Peter and Isaiah were both changed from people whom God loved into people whom God loved, but with a new purpose and a new calling. With Jamie's sabbatical, we are going to be called, like Peter and like Isaiah, to be changed from people whom God loves to people whom God loves, but possibly with a new ministry or a new purpose or a new calling. In the coming months, in the next couple of months, before Janie's sabbatical, in the months during Janie's sabbatical, in the months following Janie's sabbatical, remember God's love for each of us and God's call to each of us. Remember that like Peter and like Isaiah, none of us is perfect. Nor does God expect us to be perfect. We don't need to be perfect in order to be loved and called by God remember that we are all the body of Christ. And remember that we all fall short. And that's the beautiful part. Broken, flawed, vulnerable people like you and me are invited to be the hands and feet of a Jesus who loves us exactly as we are and yet loves us way too much to let us stay that way. Amen.